Welcome to Aw Crap, the Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. Yeah. Wow! And we got another great special returning guest this week. It is our friend who, just so you know, came. he's returning to discuss technically the same story <laughs> we didn't ask him to come back and discuss further hellboy he's a glutton for punishment <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is our good friend he is a writer graphic designer hell look at the graphic um, logo for our podcast it's his work which is wonderful look upon it and look we- upon it and <laughs> let it yeah yeah it's a holy it's a holy artifact in my mind <laughs> uh it's james Mulholland. hey guys uh, i think hey. i'm going to use that on my business cards now look upon my works and weep <laughs> <laughs> that's everybody should <laughs> with joy with joy with joy, with joy. <laughs> not despair uh, hey. <laughs> not uh, no, you're James. It's always a pleasure to have you back to talk about storytelling, and whether it be previously the novel of the the story we're covering, the Bones of Giants, which is why you were here previously. You read a whole novel for us. <laughs> yes. Uh, that sounds like you read a whole novel on your own. We didn't read it. We had you read it and then tell us about it, but we all read it. I'll tell you what, the, the act of reading that novel did feel like a lonely road to walk. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're probably like a good percentage of the total readers of that book ever, right? Like, it's like a, you know, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably five five percent of everyone who's ever read that book is talking to each other right now on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, on this podcast, yep. But th- we brought you back because, funny enough, Kate brought this up uh, right before we were getting on mic. Like part of our discussion, I think, in that episode is that we talked about how like a lot of like the Christopher Golden like prose and things felt like this. Uh, even, I think all the books so far that we read were like. Uh, this feels like we just want it as like a graphic novel version or a comic book. Yeah. And that's what they did with The Bones of Giants. They decided to adapt it into a four-issue comic book, The Bones of Giants. Mike Mignola, Christopher Golden, Matt Smith, Chris O'Hell, uh, Halloran. I'm taking over the credits. I'm sorry, Kate. Uh, <laughs> Go for it. Um, and that's why you're here. We're going to... Um, they did this just, I can't remember the original. Now I need your help, Kate. When did this okay. come out originally? Because I have the issues no, and I just can't between remember. Between November 2021 and February 2022. Yeah, written by Mike Mignola and Christopher Golden. Uh, illustrated by Matt Smith. Colored by Chris O'Halloran. Lettered by Clem Robbins. Edited by Katie O'Brien. And yeah, yeah, they they put... They did exactly what we, what we asked, which was <laughs> just turn that novel into... Like a comic run. Although for, you know, when we were reading the novel, I remember thinking like, oh, this is like a little too padded and long. I wish yeah. it was in a shorter comic. And now I wish there was like maybe like one more issue that they could spread this across. Yeah, yeah I feel like this was very much a uh, be careful what you wish for sort of yeah, right? circumstance. <laughs> yeah. It felt- it's a real monkey's paw scenario. Yeah, yeah this didn't, didn't feel like a week. Uh, or a monthly comic, but it also didn't feel like a full graphic novel. It was somewhere in no. between, in a weird yeah. gray zone. Yeah. yeah, I mean that is. Let's just get into it. We're not. Yeah, like, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. no. I, I, we, don't be sorry. That's exactly. Don't be sorry. What we're, no, that's exactly. Hell I mean, yeah. The synopsis is 
um, if you haven't read the novel or picked this up, is that they discover the body of Thor, the god of thunder, up in somewhere in uh, where are they? <laughs> Uh, where are they? In, they're in uh, Norway, aren't they? Norway, yes. Yeah. They're in Norway. They find the body. The BPRD's called in. Hellboy picks, oh, happenstance, picks up the the uh, Mjolnir. Is that how you say it? Mjolnir? Yeah, Mjolnir. Picks up the Thor's hammer. It gets stuck to his hand. Thor's spirit sort of starts to use his body. And then things transpire where the the great ice giant that they, he thought that was destroyed comes back via some circumstances a character from an old an old storyline that I can't think of the name of, but oh, they're in Sweden, by the way. Or in Sweden, Dalbird River, Sweden. Uh, things happen, and they they stop the the ice giant, and then uh, I guess those. We'll, we'll we'll get into more of it, but that's just the quick synopsis of what this is about. Yeah, uh, Hellboy basically becomes like a little possessed by Mjolnir. He's sorts to start to take on the qualities of Thor, who like everybody knows whose corpse that is, but nobody's like really trying to say it. But Hellboy immediately understands the gravity of the situation, knows that he has to look more into it uh, because it really is Mjolnir and it's the and it's Thor's body and everything. It's yeah, it's kind of like slowly progressing like this Thor kind of takeover of his mind is like slowly progressing throughout the comic until he like, embodies Thor so much in the final battle and then is like freed of that burden once the enemy is defeated. And along the way, there's like a lot of little fun little guys and fighting. <laughs> Duck and squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> a father that is sort of just a bad dude that gets destroyed by the thing he he brought in, onto the, into the world, the, the frost giant. I don't know. Uh, where do we start? Let's talk about what we what we enjoyed. What did we think worked from the novel? Which go back and listen to the old episode, and we are we teased a little. We really didn't love it, but we we pined for this. But what did we think worked when we read these four issues? So I think something that I might have mentioned when I was on here before is that I like ape centric stories. Yeah. yeah, And for me, that worked pretty well here in parts. So Abe, Abe is one of my favorite characters. When he was sort of front and center, I thought everything was kind of clicking along. And the, the sort of voice that I associate with the Hellboy series was present. It was a little bit wry, yeah. a little bit funnier. Uh, but when he wasn't there, I felt like that kind of fell away. But every time he was on scene, it was... I'm like, oh, this is actually still Hellboy. I totally agree. It's tough because you have your main character being possessed by another character. Yes. So it's like you, that immediately is like, oh, OK, well, he's not he doesn't really get to be his as much of his usual fun self. But Abe really gets to shine. Mm -hmm. And yeah. yeah, I think he's very enjoyable in the story. And um, you mentioned the, uh, you know, Pernilla, the the daughter of the essentially villain of the piece who felt betrayed by him and who made a turn toward the evil. Um, I thought Pernilla worked pretty well, but again, I think that was primarily in relation to Abe because most of her storyline dovetailed with his and was kind of kept separate from Hellboy. And I will say as a caveat, everything I'm saying that I liked about Abe, Pernilla, all that applies to, to issues one, two, and three, less four, uh, where I felt like it all just got a little bit um, outline-y. Um, Ratatosk, the squirrel. It is Ratatosk, right? I'm not yeah, just... Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, sometimes you, when you read things... He, you're like, he says it that at one point. <laughs> okay, he, he, like, calls him by name. That's... Yeah. 
that was something I really liked in the uh, novel. Uh, yeah. It was like, it was present. Uh, there was a little <laughs> little scene with Ratatosk in here, but yeah. as with all silly, fun, um, kind of mascot characters, the kind of things that you'd see a stuffed animal made out of, I found myself <laughs> wanting a little bit more yeah. of him when I wasn't getting enough of other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree with that 100%. And I think a lot of those because like it feels like they adapted they got they like really focused on in their adaptation maybe I'm wrong but just like hitting plot points yes versus like and this is a big thing and I mean I'm sort of deviating from what I like about it because first off before I get into this I want to say I love Matt Smith's art I do think I think Matt Smith is a great artist I was super into it yeah Yeah. I liked I liked the art and the uh, uh, like the drawing and the coloring I thought were so great. Mm-hmm. Me, yeah, I 100% agree. I think they really bring it bring it throughout. Uh, Matt Smith does the covers, I believe, for the young Hellboy, and I think his work is just stellar. I thought that was all good. Like, there was really cool stuff in that. But that being said, I think they were up, they were, like, given a really hard task, in my opinion, Yeah. based on what, okay, this is just wishful thinking, I think, got <laughs> in the way. Is that when I when I heard they were going to adapt it, I thought they were going to do a real like true like rebreak it almost a little to feel more in line with like Mignola's sort of tonal. What I get when I pick like read one that he's read, uh, uh, read, uh, wrote, excuse me, mm-hmm. and visual a little more in that. And this feels like they just so hard tried to fit the entire novel yeah. into these four issues. Yeah. To the point I think it needed to at least be five or six like, they were to have well. any of that feeling, yeah. yeah. So I totally agree. I think that the thing that got most shortchanged here was that in the novel, okay, I think that in our conversation when we were talking about the novel, one of the things <laughs> we thought didn't work that great was that it was essentially a two-hander between Hellboy and Thor because we kept taking deep dips into the Thor storyline from, you know, from our from prehistory mythology days where Thor was dealing with the coming of Ragnarok and, you know, his essentially impending death. And yeah. that idea worked, but it was a little bit dry. It didn't quite it, it was like I was saying before, that didn't quite feel as much like Hellboy, but it was yeah. still an interesting story. But in this adaptation, you lose all of the Thor storyline, so really all you get is this idea that Hellboy has been possessed by, you know, the ancient god of thunder, who you don't really know anything about him other than he fought Thrym, the the giant, uh, and fought, um, you know, the world serpent and all that, and killed killed the serpent, uh, etc. But there's no weight to anything Thor related because there's no real storyline with him. So when Hellboy gets possessed by him in this comic, you don't you don't know whether Thor died in that battle. It was his final sort of his final stand. You don't know what any of that meant to him. Yeah. Uh, and so when he comes through in a few scenes, you know, taking over Hellboy, speaking as himself through Hellboy's body, it just feels a little weird. It's like it's a, more like watching a horror movie where you know the little girl gets possessed by a demon and starts <laughs> yeah. swearing at her parents, <laughs> rather than witnessing one character becoming another character. I I think, I think that's yeah, fair. I think that's very fair. I think there's room, like you know, I feel like they could. I mean, 
they needed one more issue to really do it, but they could have done in at least like one or two pages showing Thor talking out of his own like a uh, out of his own like body or like in some memory flashback or something like that like addressing the like warrior that appears the gatherer who mm-hmm. like comes to collect his body yeah like have her talking to thor for a minute so we know how she connects to it like i just see her and i'm like oh she's some kind of like warrior spirit that's like also coming to communicate with like hellboy who's being inhabited by thor but that could, I mean, have a little, have like one page of them talking when Thor's alive. Yes. You know, and then I think that would help a lot. That is. And just, yeah, yeah. Because assuming you've never read the novel, if they're like putting this out for somebody, you want it to stand alone. And I don't know if it entirely does that. That's a really good point because I don't, I don't think I would have had the first clue about what was actually going on if I hadn't read right. the novel. And it's not yeah. that this was complicated. It's just that it was muddy. So I feel like you had to make a... If you didn't already know the story, the novel, I think you would have had to make a lot of leaps to fill in gaps that could yeah. have easily been filled yeah. in with, like you were saying, Kate, with one more issue. Yeah. A little more breathing room. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's a lot of like side characters that have little plot moments mm. that I'm just like, uh, what? Like uh, that are part of that is- issue of making it too muddy where it's like, I think the novel, it's like, yeah, you had the, the, the space to do that. Even though there was arguments that I could never tell who was any who who was who in those novels. <laughs> they sort of all blend and fall away. But like when the one guy gets killed in his lab. Brock. Yep. Is that his name? Brock? When he gets oh, wait, killed in his lab. The scientist? The lab, like the oh, scientist, oh. Or Professor like Aronson. I'm like, he's just like a. Yeah, Aronson, yeah. There's moments like that where I'm like, again, it just feels like plot. Yeah. But it, but it is missing like pieces that make me go, why is this even occurring? Yeah. And then they go back and I like when the Valkyrie shows up. For the body, I almost for a minute was confused at how many people were in the room at one point because there were a couple of panels that were like, everything seems so, how do I, like, mashed in. There was, the level of dialogue in this is very strange for me for a Hellboy book. Yeah. They were wordy it, for a Hellboy book. Yeah. I was like, you're really trying to fit a fucking novel in four yeah. It was deeply expository, <laughs> but then, then there were things, Dave, that scene that you were just talking about, I think really... Is like the highlight for me of what didn't quite work. Because yeah. when I got to that scene, which is two researchers in a lab with Thor's corpse, which had appeared, yeah. you know, in the snow, in, in you know, in the northern part of uh, apparently Sweden. I was thinking, yeah, Sweden. Um, one researcher is saying to the other, we can't, you know, we can't do anything to this. The government will be pissed. Like, we can't autopsy this. Uh, and then... This Valkyrie shows up to say, I'm I'm taking Thor home. I'm taking this corpse home. And very suddenly, there is another character in the room. It's someone who had been outside the room watching through yeah. a window, um, mm-hmm. an agent who's kind of co- like essentially trying to keep all this quiet for the government. But when he shows up, he doesn't walk in the room. He shows up in a scene already firing a gun at the Valkyrie. <laughs> And then in the next scene, the Valkyrie is gone, but one of the researchers is dead on the floor. And I had to go look back, like, what the hell happened? And you can see that it, as he's firing the gun at the angle that he's firing at, he's hitting the Valkyrie, but he also seems to be hitting that researcher behind. But you can't really, it's yeah. it's not super clear. And yeah. it's just, it's that muddiness. It's, oh, this guy is here now. Oh, this person's dead. 
you have to go back and recontextualize what you just read when you get to you get to scene C and you have to go back and look at scenes A and B again to say, oh, that's what that was. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, but I'm not going to blame that yeah. on the artist. I think no, they no, got no. a script that just was so, had too, uh, we've stated it already, just needed more, yeah. uh, an issue or two. Yeah, no. To spread this out. Yeah, not the artist at all. That's definitely, it's exactly, and it's the same thing you guys were just saying, which is, it is so wordy when they're dropping exposition. And then in moments like that, where you do need clarity, it gives you, it, it, the script is giving you very little. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm like shocked at how much there'll be like a panel, and like how many word bubbles are in them. And it's like paragraph, three paragraphs. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and some of the pages, I mean, the art is great inside the panel, but the layout just seems so. Well, cause you just have to fit that yeah. in. It's yeah. like all about fitting it in. And it, it, I, I wonder what goes into that process for like dark horse to say okay this will get this many issues or like how they work out the budget for the artist like for everybody on the team and stuff like that like that's what it makes me think of is like dark horse was just like hey we want a hellboy story it has to be four issues and they were like oh we got bones of giants like i don't know like that's what it feels like to me like it doesn't feel like they were like this is how we're gonna artistically execute this idea the way that we wanted it feels more like we need a four-page story. Yeah. This is what we have handy. And so let's shoehorn it in. Yeah, obviously I don't know any of this, but this to me is one of those things where you read it and you're like, okay, I wonder if they're trying to fill a gap in their publication schedule because yeah. this is a story that is already written. Nobody has to break this story. They just yeah. have to adapt it. It becomes a quicker process. And if you've got, you know, three or four months where you know you're not going to be able to fit a brand new run in. Oh, let's. Yeah. we already have the publication rights to Bones of Giants and to these other novels. Let's start right. knocking those out because it takes, you know, half the work and budget on the writing staff and that cuts yeah. time and money. And you have, you have ma- other people illustrating and coloring it other than yeah. the people who n- typically work on the comic. And a new, the Katie O'Brien is the new editor. I, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to see like, hey, you take a shot at editing right. or something. I hope this wasn't the one, like, I don't know. She's I, definitely I, been a, uh, an editor She's been around this. for a while. Yeah. I was going to say, I hope they didn't like throw this one at her first. <laughs> but since like, what, what, since whenever Scott Alley left because of his like whole shebang, like, Right. He's like he got in, uh, 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 he got in trouble for like basically being an alcoholic and like being really creepy to women and he like got Classic. N- yep. yeah yeah. <laughs> if you can imagine this story Ugh. unfolding. Yeah. So yeah, he so he gets kicked out of Dark Horse in like 2018ish somewhere in that neighborhood. And so I'm sure this new editor Katie O'Brien's probably been on for a little bit before yeah. this. Now that I'm thinking about it. So that's the Wow. That's the case here. So like, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's the, I think it's really, it's just a matter of trying to fit too much into t- yeah. too little space and it ends up doing a disservice to the story because there's really promising stuff in there and interesting ideas that I think just both in the novel and in the <laughs> graphic novel, unfortunately, didn't totally, didn't totally like live up to their potential. Do you feel like the action suffered b- because of that as well? Yeah, because you're, yeah, uh, I'm I'm getting like, you know, although, you know what I do love? I love the little poses of the little like uh, Svart Elves <laughs> as they like leap up into the air. I like their little like, their little like round torsos and they're like kind of like yeah. ch- uh, chimp like 
kind of leaping that they do towards Hellboy. Like, I love that stuff. I think that this guy can draw action. It's just like how much space you have. What I really wish was that we got like a full page of like the giant emerging from the ground, especially when he first emerges. It's like the way that the page is laid out, he doesn't get like a full, like there, there's like kind of like two big panels, but I really would have, that's like what a big like, two page spread or like a full page would be useful for is showing the like just the scale of the giant i think that would have helped a little bit that's the only like thing i really had that caught me on the art but again that's not like you know he probably only has a certain number of pages and has to fit all of this shit in so yeah what about you like we were saying before actually i loved the art i thought it was really good and i don't think this is i don't think this is a fault of the artist not representing something well i think it's just yeah the artist being given short shrift to totally. show something. And issue three uh, is, once again, sort of the, the touchstone for me for that. Because as they are going north to kind of find Thrym, the, the giant, after he's resurrected, they're going north to find him. And they come across a small village where Garm, essentially a large uh, mythical dog, has gathered up the corpses of the villagers into a, what is it, a big pole barn? Something like that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they go into fight, and there's a scene of the Svart elves attacking Garm, one of them getting killed, and Hellboy about to join the fray, and then it cuts to, they're outside, and Garm is dead. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Felt, it's, it felt like the trick that really low-budget, like, B-movies use. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're about to fight the alien. And then they, like, <laughs> right. run in. And then in the next scene, they're covered in alien blood. They're like, Whoo! Oh, that was a tough fight. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness we didn't have to spend an extra million dollars to show it. Yeah. Except this is a comic. So really what they would have had to spend was, again, and it just keeps coming back Space. to this, another page or two. Yep. But they just yep. didn't have the room. Totally. I think it's because it suffers from this. And there's a bigger sort of thought I have around this as well. I was like, I don't know if this this is a crazy thought. I don't think this deserves to have just the Hellboy title on it. That's crazy to say. So like we, the Hellboy title, there's usually like Hellboy and the BPRD now. Mm-hmm. And they're like these side stories. This feels like it deserves the Hellboy and the BPRD title, not a Hellboy title. Um, I understand probably why they gave it that. And it's because tonally, I think I think Christopher Golden, his Hellboy, is not the same as Mignola's. Similar yeah. to how Guillermo's is not the same as Mignola's, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's a lot of these things, and that and it comes to down, like, the things I wish they would have adapted and got rid of is the funeral scene. I do not care yeah. for it. I don't care for the conversation with the bureaucrats <laughs> after the funeral scene. I think I that's think, cutting I think as in. Much as, to- <laughs> as much time as they gave the funeral scene in this comic is as much as they should have and they should have gotten more time. You know, it should still be more issues and that funeral scene could stay the exact same. Sure. Yes. <laughs> it could be like three panels or whatever they give they give to it. Sure. But yeah. it was they just... got her, I feel like they gotta do something. Her dad did get his soul sucked out yeah. in front of her and all that. So <laughs> But to I mean, me, okay, but I they gotta give him something. <laughs> I disagree. I think, I disagree. You have zero man. human kindness. <laughs> I do, I, I'm fine if you deal with it in a human sense of like showing her grief. 
But we, we talked about this when we read the novel. There were two moments in the novel that felt like the novel completely came to a halt. One was this funeral scene. We were in the middle of an adventure and they're like, stop what we're doing. We got to go to a funeral, yeah. which is fucking weird. And then the second time was, if you remember in the novel, they drove past that town where all the people were dead. Mm-hmm. The whatever the big wolf, uh, I forget the name. And then they doubled back. In the novel, they doubled back to it and then fight him. If you remember, oh, yeah, that. oh my god, it's I did a not weird that. fucking navigation thing in the in the novel that was weird as hell. They so they weirdly did get rid of the navigation thing, but that's the thing is like I think you could in adapting it. I think you could have focused more on the relationship that was developing between Pernella and Abe by cutting out the funeral and having her to like share that grief with our one of our lead characters like Abe and bring him to forefront. And just keep the adventure moving rather than have like a stop, a stop point. If it's like, we just have to keep going. There's a fucking giant. They have a bureaucratic fucking conversation of like, we can't find this giant. Yeah. (laughs) Versus just having them chase after it and keep, and then have her emotions fuel her to keep going and being like, well, my dad's gone. I want to stop this thing alongside with you. Yeah. It sort of feels like comics and movies sort of have that in mind. Like if we were watching a cinematic version of this and they stopped in the middle of like before we hit the hour to fucking have a fucking funeral, we'd all be like, this is sort of is weird. Pacing wise. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but. <laughs> yeah, it, I think you're, I know. I think you're absolutely right. I think it also, it does come on the heels of them doing exactly what you said, which is hey, we're going to fight this giant. And the giant says, no, and then starts to walk away. Yes. And they're like, and that, then, hey, Spardell, or um, hey, uh, Brock and Etri, can you guys follow him? Oh, maybe, maybe. That, that, gi- that giant dude that's walking straight yeah. away from us, can you, can you guys follow him? Uh, I hope so. Okay, cool. We have to go do a few. <laughs> <laughs> we got to right. go do a different thing. When, like, I buy into the reality because we've had this in Hellboy comics where there are different realms of reality, right? Yeah. That, that Hellboy sort of is attuned to as well. Like, we just finished up his main storyline. Mm. And that has where it's like the fairy world is on a different realm of reality, but it exists. I would have bought into the idea that you can't find that giant because it's a different realm. Right, so just the, like walked into an overlapping realm. Yeah. They might even be kind of saying that. They, with, a little with, bit, yeah. There's a moment uh, later where they're, um, when they finally get to the sort of the final confrontation point where what yeah. they initially see is this little village. And then I think it's what one of, it's, it's like uh, a ghost entry, of who's like, yeah. no, no, look again, and then yeah, oh no, this is the <laughs> the land of giants, and the the village yeah. has been covered by these giant. I pillars. liked how that's yeah. depicted, like yeah, the I like cool. the drawing yeah. of that. Oh, my absolute favorite drawing are the dwarves hopping out of the back of a van. Yes, <laughs> I, that made me laugh a lot. I was like, that's good. This is good. Like yeah, there there's a part of the storyline that like, and this is n- neither a fault or a strength of it. It's just sort of like what I like about in general the story. Like you could pull Hellboy out of this and just have it be any lead, lead strong lead character get possessed by Thor and you have a story. Mm-hmm. You yeah. That's sort of the fault of it being Hellboy, but it's also like a strength in just being a fun story is mm-hmm. that it's just fun to have like somebody get possessed by Thor, you know what I mean? And yeah. Like yeah. open that realm up. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, having it be Hellboy is not important. Right. <laughs> Whereas, like, I think in the in the greater books that Mignola created, he would have like a natural connection with that side. 
he would be able, it would be less about him being possessed and more of him just, oh, you just happen to be in tune with this reality mm-hmm. because of your half demon and, and you have a right hand of doom, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> You're part of Ragnarok. Yeah. Here we go. We had a Ragnarok too. <laughs> I don't know. We talked a little bit about it, I think, before, right? When the sort of unnecessary overlap of Hellboy holding Thor's hammer, uh, which is a fun fun idea, and it's a fun way to connect Hellboy to Thor and sort of get the spirit of Thor coming uh-huh. through him. But it's sort yeah. of like giving a guy who already has two guns another gun. Yeah, yeah. put a gu- tape a gun to that gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah. or tape like a grenade to a gun. Yeah. It's like, okay. And in the book, it felt a little bit unnecessary because Hellboy was essentially fighting the same way he would have fought. Yeah. Anyway, but in the comic, I just kind of lost track of the hammer. It didn't it's seem depicted as depicted well. as being kind of small. Yeah. Too, or it looks right. small physically in his giant hand, right. which makes sense, but like. Even the hilt of it was, like, stubby. Yeah, it was snapped off, I think, right? When they first encountered yeah. it in the snow, the, it was sort of uh, jagged, like like it had been yeah. longer and it had been snapped. But because of that, all it, it, it didn't really extend below the bottom yeah. of his fist, and then the top of his fist was just... It was like his it's fist like, was wearing a hat. It's like the manifestation <laughs> of, like, everything about this story. Like, it should be bigger, but it's they had to truncate it. Yes. They had to, like, make it teeny. Yes. And exactly. that's, like, illustrated with the hammer... <laughs> that being said, you know, I do. I mean, we, we've all said that Matt, Matt Smith, who did the art, did a great job. I think he really incorporates Mignola's style, like especially with stuff like the like when you first see Thrym and his like it's like his skeletal form. And you have like these fun panels of him like holding Hellboy and it's just like kind of like his eyes are illuminated. That looks like really Mignola to me, yeah. like the way that he does his like shadows on this page almost looks like Mignola like helped him or something you know it looks very much like he's like trying to incorporate that kind of way that Mignola shades things and stuff like that but it also feels like his own art like the Mm -hmm. way that he draws Abe is very distinct from Mignola I think yeah yeah I think I I I, it's just nice to look at I like it yeah I think he did a good job yeah and the scenes where you do see Jormungandr uh I think it is right the, the world serpent yeah. Uh, really early on, I loved. Yeah, I cool. loved that, and I feel like it set me up for something. It, it raised my expectations, uh, and I was yeah. looking for something that I didn't quite get out of it. But that doesn't change the fact that I thought those were just it was still bad. Beautiful pages, yeah. I also liked the runes on Thor's ribs when they like take his skin off of his bones <laughs> <laughs> in the in that like little like autopsy scene. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, it, it's just a big, strong guy. It can't be Thor. And then he has fucking runes on all of his, like, on his, like, <laughs> sternum. Yep. And they're like, uh, okay, maybe it's Thor. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, I can only agree with all of those being the highlights of Matt Smith's art. My favorite panel, to be honest, is Brock getting bit in half. <laughs> poor Brock. And it's, he just deserved more of a, bat, the, a visual battle that we saw to take to vent. Yeah. For his vengeance. Yeah. The- <laughs> do you think that do you think that moment would have landed if we hadn't read the books already, if we hadn't already seen that that character a bit more fleshed out? Because I didn't think there was that much of him before that. In this. No. I mean, it, they briefly mention after he's dead that he's the one who forged Mjolnir. Right. And it's like, well, I mean, that might have helped with the gravity of his death before. Like, 
Because I I barely even understood like from re, from I I mean I remembered from the novel that they're like kind of guardians and like warriors that help Thor, but it doesn't super come across in the comic. Like it's not like I I guess like at some point help was like you call these guys bodyguards or something something yeah. like that. <laughs> Yeah. But that's, you know, yeah, they they just don't give anything enough time to like really develop. Yeah, because you there's no gravity to any like real moment in this, sadly, cuz they like in that just bring up the Brock moment. Like you see Hellboy go Brock, but I'm like when did we establish that Abe even gave a shit about them? Right. <laughs> like it feels like a flurry, like you're just like I guess there's dwarves, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're trying to use a cheat code for emotion by just yeah. like showing your main character question or like care, but it's like I need to know why he would care, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, this is kind of unrelated. But la- so last time you were on, you recommended this uh, James Vandermeer book, uh, The Born. Oh yeah. And I- I read it. it was awesome. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> so cool. So you read. It was um, so cool. I loved it. I, well, I read the first one so far. I oh. have. I still have to read the second. I think you recommended the second one specifically. The Strange Bird. The Strange Bird. It's, so I, I read the first one, The Born Story. Yeah. I think it's just called Born. Right? Yeah, yeah. But I loved it. I was like, this is so cool. So The Strange Bird is that. a it's a big narrative departure from the first oh, one, cool. but it fe- okay. it still feels very much uh, of a piece with Born. In that world. I'm, yeah. I'm very excited. I have it downloaded. I have it ready to read. Oh, so. I'm so glad you liked yeah. it. Yeah. I was like, let me tell him because it, it was really cool. Awesome. It was so cool. It was like, it made me think like the big like bear made me think have you ever have you read dark tower yes i have uh yeah, yeah there in, you go um in the second one or yeah uh, third yeah, one this, right or, where they're in the forest and they have to fight yeah it is the third yeah. one yeah with the like satellite dish on his head and yep. stuff like that yeah yeah and yeah. i think he was that bear didn't stephen king base him on the that novel the novel from the 70s oh what was the name of it uh that was oh about, um <clears throat> oh god Let me listeners listen while we google yeah that's what i'm just doing here uh while they google i'll complain more about this book <laughs> one of the big things um that really made me understand that like i thought the writing was getting off and these artists were sort of pushed to sort of not flow well and maybe this is even like a choice where they pushed panels into other issues is I think the only transition from one issue to another that works pretty smooth is from three to four, where you see the ice, the ice castles, and then the next one you see more of the ice castle. Oh, yeah. It yeah. drove me nuts. And I was like, am I reading this wrong? You literally, the last page of issue one, Hellboy wakes up Abe out of his tub and then goes and fights those creatures. But then we start issue two with Abe waking up again and the way it's plotted out makes you, it takes my eye too quick to realize that we have him wake up and then they, they're now in the hallway in Pernella. But if you're just reading it for the first time, you think that he's woken up again by Pernella. It's so fucking confusing. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was a little confusing. And I was like. Why did they do this? And it feels yeah. like it feels like a mess happened between like them trying to figure out how to transition. And I was like, what is these guys are pros. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, I agree. And then similar to like the next transition, we see the beginnings of a giant frost giant's hand coming out of the ground, which looks cool as hell by Matt Smith. Mm-hmm. We get an awe crap from Hellboy as the as the, the cliffhanger. But then the start of three it's like it's like everybody's like there it's like that everything's just off a little it's like it should all be 
it's like it's like they shifted. It feels like to me in these first ones they shifted the like. At some point, it was written that these, what starts the next issue was actually the last page in the script oh, of the previous yeah. issue, and it feels like they all got shifted because it's like him now. They're like they're just standing there going, and he's going ah. Even though he just said, oh, crap, in action, <laughs> he's going, oh, this doesn't bode well. It's like, why are we all standing around? It was like motion when we left off. Yeah. And then the and then the and then uh, we see Thurm returns. The King of the Frost Giants is reborn. That feels like the true mm. cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, re, totally. It's very it's just it's just odd. And I only called out because I think these guys yeah. are all pros and it feels like sloppy work. Mm-hmm. From from guys that I admire, <laughs> I think it only it really only feels like that because they got to jam it all in there. Yeah, I, I don't know right. whoever's decision right. it was to make it for. They're the ones who I'm mad at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every yeah, time, course, <laughs> it's funny. Spit out some money. Every, Spit out some money for another issue. <laughs> the stuff you were mentioning, Dave. I was like skimming through my issues as you were saying it. I'm like, oh yeah. I think I think it's one of those things where when I started reading it, I was pretty invested, and then my investment fell. And so little connections like that, like the Abe waking up thing, just in my mind, it got totally glazed over. So you saying that, <laughs> I went back to it, and I I read these like it wasn't that long ago. This was yeah. a few days ago yeah. that I like I went back through them. But I looked again. I'm like, oh yeah, that is that is. Yeah bad and also <laughs> the fact that i didn't twig to that in reading them you know straight through i feel like is also bad i, I feel like you're it just doesn't burning well. through it yeah. Yeah. yeah good effort i think yeah. matt smith was handed handed a a, a, du- a tough task a tough yeah. task yeah and i think he did the i think he did do solid great work within something that was not built to make him look great. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think they just, I wish Dark Horse, and we'll, we'll continue to blame them, wish they would have <laughs> given them more pa- more pages, mm-hmm. more issues, and time to really, I think, really take the time to really adapt this rather than try to just throw the novel onto the page. Yeah. My final thought on this, this is a big, huge swing. Ooh. I've I, I've told you like how I think Christopher Golden is not the Mignola. I think he's a different tonal. Just off of the Bali line at the end of the fucking issue, we'll go to Bali. Bali. I'm like this this Hellboy is different. I think Christopher Golden writes a different Hellboy <laughs> than I love, and then Mignola. It's like almost like a weird '80s. He's trying to like make Hellboy a weird '80s action hero, and <laughs> which is fine if you want to do that. It's just different. So we've talked about this in the past that. Guillermo del Toro came after he knew he wasn't going to get a Hellboy 3. He asked Mignola that if he could have uh, a graphic novel. And Mignola told him no because he wanted to keep them separate. I think if anything, Bones of Giants is proof and an example that you should give Guillermo del Toro. You should let him do his Hellboy through in a graphic novel. Yeah. I think. Because if, if, if you can put this version of Hellboy and be like, I sign off on it. And give the thumbs up. I think you should be able to give Guillermo del Toro a big, huge, gra- hardback graphic novel version of his Hellboy 3 script. And that's coming from someone who doesn't love the Guillermo del Toro movies. I could absolutely get on board with that idea. Um, yeah. And I, I know, Dave, you and I, you know, outside of this podcast, have talked at length about what you do and don't like about the Hellboy <laughs> movie adaptations. But I do think that a lot of the the issues that you had with it would be sort of, would fall away a little bit if you were seeing it in comic form rather than in film form. It would have a little more yeah. a little more space to play with the stuff you like. And I don't think that it's 
I don't think it would be out of line with what you find interesting about mm-hmm. Hellboy. It's just hard yeah. to put. It's the same as, you know, this comic where it's hard to put all of the right stuff in such a compact yeah. package. You know, you only have two yeah. hours. You only have four issues. You have to let things that some fans will love fall away in order to serve the story you have to tell. Yeah. And then just to add to that, I think I'm in the minority. I think there's a, 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 the fan base for Guillermo del Toro's movies is very large. Mm -hmm. And I think it'd be fun to give them what they want, but at least in a comic book form, you know what I mean? Cause I just, I'll be shocked if there's ever going to be a Guillermo del Toro Hellboy three movie. Regardless no, of Ron Perlman's yeah, tweets, not. it's not <laughs> yeah. happening. Yeah. It's tough after you've already re- essentially rebooted it with a different actor. Yeah. And yeah that didn't do well to then go back done. to the original. Yeah. Yeah. yeah unless you're um, Russell T. Davies getting called back to Doctor Who to write the show <laughs> after, what, nine years away from it. Yeah. It doesn't really sure. happen. Sure. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Do you guys have any other final thoughts about the bones of giants? That's really it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Just wish wish it was a couple more, like an issue or two longer. And kick ass art. I I at least enjoyed that element of it. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm just glad you came back, James, to talk yeah, to us about thanks, it again. James. Oh yeah, yeah, my pleasure, man. This was so <laughs> this was so fun. Uh, yeah. Even I, that's the thing. I always like reading. Yeah. Things that I don't love if we get right. to talk about them. Get to dissect it a yeah. little bit and see like and see how it works. See what works and what doesn't. Yeah. I think it's still fun. Yeah, this is like my my book club or sti- or my stitch and bitch, right? That's everyone right. everyone That's needs right. it. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's lovely to know. Uh I do I I don't know if we talked about it, but I do think the covers are really cool designed. Yeah. As a, especially oh, yeah. as like a a quartet. I think in a line they're really cool. I think Matt, I believe it's Matt Smith that does the covers. Yeah, he still did the he did the covers too. Yeah, his his. I just think it's cool. The simple design to thematically to keep it going through is really great. <laughs> oh yeah, makes me want to see more from Matt Smith. Totally. Yeah, oh, I for agree. Sure. Uh, did you have any other final thoughts, James? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, not really. The only other huh. the only other thought I had was that I do think that I would I would give another novelization like adaptation it, it's a weird thing to talk about so take this comic turn it into a novel and then adapt it into a comic for that novel run i would give another one a try yeah to see because um the only other book that i've read is the one that uh you had my, my friend jen on to the dragon about pool. the dragon one uh yeah. and that one was cr- like just crazy town the whole time so i would <laughs> yeah. i would love to read another one to see if this is a sort of contained thing where maybe if you take a crazier story you can adapt it a little easier yeah. because you don't have to hit some of the basic beats in the same way but i, I man i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know but that, I, I i go for it is what i say to them it depends yeah. how this one sells i'm sure if it yeah. sold well or not i don't know i do like the helmets of all the giants so i guess that's my final thought when they go to the giants town and like the home of the giants and you see like all of them hanging out eating humans. Yes. And they all have like different horns and helmets and stuff like that. I think that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, they have an, a, on July, they're doing a collected hardcover version of this. Mm. Uh, it's coming out on July 27th from dark horse. The cover for that, which I included in our little outline, I think is awesome from Matt Smith with Hellboy yeah. in the middle with holding. Yeah. The glut like has some power coming off of Mjolnir and then like all the monsters behind him in this like good, good cover. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. I won't be having. I won't buy buying it. Sorry, but I, <laughs> I will admire that cover. <laughs> uh, that's all I can say. But hey, listeners, you know you might love you might love the Bones of Giants, and we want to hear if you do or if you don't. What are your general thoughts on any of this? You can email us your thoughts at awcrapahellboypodcast at gmail and also follow us on Instagram at awcrapahellboypodcast. Please, please subscribe, rate, and review us on any whatever platform you listen to the show. And you can give us a boom review on Apple Podcasts. What's a boom review? That's a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, starting with the word boom, B-O-O-M. We call it a boom review because Hellboy loves to go boom. <laughs> uh, if you give us a boom review, we will read your review right here on the show and give you all the praise and love that you deserve. Guys, before we get out of here, do you have any suggestions? I mean, we just talked about one that, you know, James, you suggested a book. Kate ended up reading it and loving it. Do you have any other suggestions for us the listeners to read watch or enjoy that you're currently loving or inspired by what we covered today oh dude do i ever so first <laughs> let me just roll back real quick because we were, we mentioned the dark tower and yeah, um, the, the bear's name was shardic I, for the life of me i couldn't remember oh, which was yes, based yes. on a taken from a richard adams novel and you know king drew a lot of inspiration in the dark tower from other pre-existing stuff and like things Stories. that he loved as a as a reader um yeah. and in shardick it's like it's basically about a giant bear giant like bear who rules the civilization and then in the dark tower it's an even bigger robot bear with a satellite <laughs> dish rotating on his head and then yep. born uh, i think also was probably in some degree uh, inspired by shardick where you've got this you know godzilla sized uh giant bioengineered flying bear and uh, i never thought about it before but it does make for a fun little um Ursine triptych, if you yeah, if you want to read right. on the theme. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but my, okay, my suggestions are, one, there's a series that is ongoing, and I believe the, the, the next novel is coming out in September, and the final novel should be next year. Uh, and it's by Tamsin Muir. The first book is called Gideon the Ninth, and it is a very hard book to explain, but the thing that I have seen said about it is that it's basically lesbian necromancers in space. Soul. And the dude. thing that I would add, Soul. what I would add to that is that Fucking it is in. lesbian necromancers in space solving an Agatha Christie style mystery. Ooh. Oh my God. That is book one. Adding to cart. Yeah. Book two, now. the the, uh, the second book is like those same characters did mushrooms and recreated <laughs> Westworld. It's truly wild. It's, I couldn't be typing fast enough. It's so fun. Uh, I've I loved every page of it. That's so awesome. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait for the third book to come out in a few months, and then the final book to come out next year. Hell yeah! Then um, there's a series that did just finish up last year called the Books of Babel, which uh, are basically steampunk. They're about a steampunk Victorian uh, school teacher who visits the Tower of Babel, and in this case, it is. Fantasy Tower of Babel, not the uh, Christian religious Tower of Babel. He, uh, his wife, he loses track of his wife and like has to journey up the tower, uh, hoping to reunite with her. And what I have been telling people whenever I've recommended this, I just say like, if you've seen the cartoon Sleepy Hollow, the one where Ichabod Crane is that like the giant yeah, I love that one, yeah. Adam's Apple guy. It's like if that Ichabod Crane became a steampunk airship captain and had adventures. It's so fun. Who's the author? Who's the uh, author? Josiah Bancroft. Okay. Uh, love it. Awesome. 
the um, the author of Uprooted and Spinning Silver, which are both fantastic standalone series, awesome. has a new series that started a couple years ago. The third book of that is coming out in September. It's called The Scholomance. And it's uh, it's basically a girl in a school for people who can use magic, except the school is locked down. And if you don't graduate successfully, uh, the school essentially devours you. Uh, it's like oh, really shit. dark Harry Potter. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then um, Disco Elysium is a game that came out on PC, Mac, PS4, a couple of other platforms, I think. And it is a sort of alternate world future thing about a detective trying to solve a mystery it's another one that's really weird and hard to explain. It's uh Oh, this looks cool. So, it's it's very much a make your own choices, follow the storyline and the story changes depending on what you choose and what I the, the way I played it the first time led to what I think is genuinely one of the most beautiful moments I've ever experienced in video gaming. Oh my god. I followed a storyline where I, my character became very interested in a phasmid, so essentially a giant mythical mantis that is, you know, as phasmids go, it's something that people do genuinely believe is real now, but um <laughs> and the search for that and the ultimate revelations about that truly lovely in a story that starts with your char- your character getting really drunk and trying to shoot a corpse down from a tree. Oh my uh, so god. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then the last This looks great. <laughs> I think I think everybody who has a system that it will run on should play it. It's not a huge time investment. It's really fun. Nice. And then the, Hell yeah. the final thing is if you've never seen Eurovision, which is the All Europe Song Contest, this year's just happened a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. It is always a crazy time. There's, <laughs> there, you know, it's, it's a wolf a banana. Give the wolf a banana. Sign. Yes, that was yeah. for me. That was the highlight of this. Yeah, year's it's Eurovision. beautiful. It's beautiful. But yeah, it's uh, forty or like thirty-five or forty countries from all over Europe plus Australia uh, putting up what they think is the song that can win Eurovision. Something like one hundred and eighty million people watched live this year. Wow. wow. Incredible. Yeah. So if you can find it, I think it might be on Peacock. I watched the BBC feed with Graham Norton commentating. Uh, nice. It's fun. It's really good. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I got to watch the other ones. I've definitely at least seen that song where I was like, wow, this is, this should be a new national yeah. anthem. A lot of them are very, a lot of them are very sincere. And there are a lot yeah. of like sad white guy singing about being a sad white guy songs. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> like uh, I'm, I'm so rich and I'm wearing a suit, but I have problems too. <laughs> Uh, but then there there are some really cool ones in there. And That's awesome. one of them was, I think it was Malta or Moldova, Moldova. And it was a bunch of, just a bunch of like real dad energy dudes in goofy costumes singing about how excited they are that their country has a train that connects two of their major cities now, which is oh something that only God. just happened. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's solid. It's good entertainment. I love songs about public transportation. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very specific subgenre. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but they're great. They're great. I'm into There's it. I'm into in- it. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> that sounds that, that sound awesome. Killer I recommendations, man. Yeah, Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Wow. I uh, love recommending stuff. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Overwhelmed with greatness. In that. I know. The only thing I was going to suggest is if you haven't read it, I would highly suggest it. This is directly sort of based on what we just read because we had Thor involved, is that Neil Gaiman, um, I believe he, he adapted his novel form of Norse mythology into a comic book form with P. Oh, cool. P. Greg Russell. It's been going on for quite a while now. 
I get ish I do the issues. Um, it might have a hard or a, a collected version now, at least one version volume. And like Mike Mignola guested in one of the stories, I think in the first issue and so forth. There's guest artists, but it's mainly just no gaming rights at all. But him and P.K. Russell are the main guys, and they just do a great job of really displaying just how fun and silly Norse mythology is. <laughs> the art looks so cool. And it's, I'm like looking it's it up. every issue is a fun read. I just highly suggest it. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. That's awesome. I did not know they were, I didn't know there was a comic. Uh, version of that. Yeah, and me I, neither. I can't wait to read it because I loved Norse mythology. Yeah, the book and the, and the subject. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think you'll really like this. I think they're really fun. Cool. Awesome. Uh, but that's all I have. Oh, Anything sweet. from you, uh, Kid, or do you want to tell us what uh, what movies you saw last night in your movie? I marathon? guess I can kind of recommend one. <laughs> so it, it was at the New Beverly. We'll do these like four movie marathons where it, they're a surprise. Like you don't know what they're gonna play. <laughs> And you just know the theme. And the theme was like 90s horror movies. And one kind of, it was kind of like fantasy related. It was a sequel to a movie called Warlock. And this one was called Warlock the Armageddon. And uh, it's really stupid. It's like basically, uh, it opens with like druids kind of using these different stones to stop the birth of the antichrist basically like the son of the devil is going to be born unless they intervene yeah, standard druid stuff right you know druid <laughs> stuff uh they're like in the middle of like a stone circle and and all this and um yeah the stones like every 500 years there's an eclipse in such a way that makes it so that like this antichrist could be born unless these druids intervene and then it turns out that like this descendants of these druids are like still practicing this Somewhere in America, in like California, <laughs> you know, like outside of Los Angeles, uh -huh. basically. And uh, the like, w the main guy's like, the, he's like a teenager whose dad is one of these druids, and like he comes to learn that he's like a druid warrior and has <laughs> to fight the Antichrist. And it's like, it's almost like a, it's like a kids' adventure movie, but with extreme violence. So, like it's like corny, bad visual effects, but it's like pretty violent visual effects, like people getting Im impaled through the guts and stuff oh. like that. So and like the main character like has sex, even though he's like a in high school. So it's like kind of stuff that like it's like a it's like a weird tone, a mix of like adult and kid movie. But I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. I love. I that. don't know if I, I don't spend money on it. Maybe if it's free streaming anywhere. Yeah. you know but uh or if it's like a dollar you know go for it but it's it's a lot of fun a lot of like very bad early computer effects like Ooh. him like lifting a lifting like a baseball and kind of spinning it around his body but it's looking you know it looks like just really bad awesome. you know but it's good it's charming it's very charming oh that's um, that i'm gonna watch that for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> do or don't you know you don't have don't have to but if you have a friend who likes druids uh, or so you know if you uh, like watch it with somebody who yeah. you can laugh at it with as as the uh the kid who in like fourth or fifth grade was really intently reading clive barker uh, yeah i i very much want to see this movie <laughs> It may, I was like, I wish I saw this when I was 13. Yeah. Like, I really wish it would have been perfect for me at 13. And, and I still enjoyed it today. I was like, this is good. And you don't have to watch the first movie at all. I've seen the first movie and it's like, 
not great. <laughs> but, you know, it's got like a fun devil character who's like a slick looking blonde New Yorker looking guy. Like, you know, it's that's fun. Oh, yeah. That's um, um, Julian something, right? The actor. I, yeah, I can picture um, him. Uh, yes, I've seen the poster, yeah. I think, for the first movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's he's the same exact. It's like the same exact shit, but with like a sort of a druid Luke Skywalker character. And, you know, <laughs> like he literally is training with his dad and like floating. It's like a straight ripoff of like Luke and Yoda <laughs> training on Dagobah. But it's 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 good. I love it. It's good. Yeah, it's fun. Cool. That's it. All right. Awesome. We have a lot to. Uh, we got homework to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and watch everything everywhere all at once. One last. Oh my god! Yeah. So great good, movie. man. Yeah. It was so fucking Love awesome. That. Yeah, it was so great. I Michelle Yeoh is so awesome. Yes. Everybody killed it in that movie, but yeah. True. I love it. True, true, true. <laughs> Everybody go watch it. If you haven't already, get out there and see it. <laughs> movie marathon of everything everywhere all at once, followed immediately by Warlock Two. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's the only way to do it. It's a perfect night. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again, James, for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Your suggestions are always great. Your thoughts are always wonderful. So thank you. I'm sad. I'm sad that we put you through the same story twice. (laughs) Thanks for doing it. Listen, when they release the inevitable video game adaptation of this story, I'm gonna play it and I'm gonna talk to you guys about it. The sequel and the video game. (laughs) We'll have to. We'll have to make you read something good and then talk about that. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. If you come come across something good that you want me to read, tell me. (laughs) I'm in. I'll let you know. We'll think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again, and have a great rest of your day. All right. Yeah. You too, guys. Thank you so Bye. much. Good to see you again. <laughs> Good to see you both. Oh, that was great. James is always a pleasure. Yeah, he's wonderful. I love James. Yeah, he really is. Um, <laughs> you'll get to meet him in person later this month at a party that I'm hosting. So me and nice. Beth are hosting. So you'll finally get to see meeting. I think you did meet James the first time in person, maybe. We might have been recording in person. I can't remember. I, I don't think, think so. I think it was 2020. Was it? Oh, I thought yeah. he was in person, but I could be wrong. But either way, you'll get to hang out with him. Uh, actually, now I don't remember. Uh, I yeah. don't remember. I didn't. I, uh, <laughs> who knows? I don't remember. It's all a blur. Never mind. Just Sorry. Life's Forget a blur. It. <laughs> but it was great to have him back. I really yeah. love it. Um, it's really fun to have good friends read shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talk about it. Okay. We have a bittersweet um, surprise for all of our listeners. This is our last episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm not joking. This is not a joke. This is not a bit. Uh, this isn't. Uh, this is just sad. But it's just. Okay. I'm just going to be completely transparent with them, Kate. Yeah, I think that's fair. So we do that. This is this podcast. First off, is a passion project. We get the only thing we've gotten out of it, which has been very rich, is just one, the time we spent together reading great stuff that we love. Yeah. Listeners, your input, your your feedback, your thoughts, all of that has been 100%. Yeah, I feel best. like I've made friends from this podcast for sure. Yes. You know? Not and just the guests, but like listeners who like people who like write in all the time. Like I think that's really great. I know, it's the best, right? Yeah. And then we've got to meet such cool people, Duncan Fregredo, yeah. Joshua Dysart, Tad Stones, who I mean we, we just had, I mean, we had a, we established a great relationship with Jonathan Badavecchia, Jonathan Marks Badavecchia. Yeah. And I don't know, there's people I'm missing, I know, at the top of my head that have been on our show, all the listeners, uh, people from the beginning that have been with us, Alex, who eventually we got on. 
we've just met a lot of cool people. We got to, because of the podcast, we went out of the way and we met Mike Mignola briefly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, these things wouldn't have happened. We wouldn't have gone through. I mean, I'm just. It's a great joy of just to share this with you, Kate, and get you at least to the at this point to the end of the Hellboy storyline. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it, the timing of it worked out. And like we've kind of said, like, you know, if down the road, if we're like feel like we have time and everything, we could like hop back into something. But, you know, for now, we'll just take yeah. a pause and and like, uh, yeah, that's kind of it. That's I, I mean, yeah, I just want to say, like, officially, thank you so much for. So like Dave put out on Facebook, like in 2017 or something. Like, do I know anybody who reads comics that would want to read these Hellboy comics? And I was like, oh, yeah, me <laughs> kind of not knowing what I was signing up for. But in a good way, like, I, I feel like I, I didn't know what to expect. And it turned out so much more fun and like better than I even ever thought it could be. Like, I got to Aww. get to know you more and read all these kick ass comics that like you know if i didn't have somebody to talk about it with i might not have gotten through like this man's entire life work i like you know <laughs> yeah but it, it turned out to be such a good comic it was like so fun to do it all the time and just looked forward to recording them and talking about them and reading them and talking to listeners about it and stuff like it's been great it's been yeah. so fun i've gained a great friendship with you that's yeah. like the biggest highlight yeah. Um, and take away from all of this. And just to further transparency, like, we, I, I do think there's a part of me that would love to keep doing this. Like, it, this isn't like a bitter, like, I, uh, fuck this, I'm done. Right, right. It's because... It's an amicable breakup here. Yeah, it's amicable. Our network is ending. It literally ended. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Our, the network that we were on... The podcast, podcast network, got yeah. Pretty much bought... I don't know what the official term is, but, like, it got another one pretty much ate it up yeah. and we just unfortunately are not one of the shows that went with it. And I personally just don't have the energy to add more work to my tape, to my, my plate at this moment to continue to like to independently put it out with the sun. Yeah. Um, which is a big thank you to, um, to campfire media over the last years, as well as specifically Ryan Coons house, who's Doing still on so this much final great work. Yeah, and he, I know he's way busy, but he's been putting out these last episodes, even though the network has officially moved on. He's doing <laughs> yeah. this work for us. And Such he's just, nice guy. he's done a lot of the back end work, uh, which is a lot of um, uh, an independent podcast's plate. Yeah. So Kate already said, yeah, down the line, I, I, if, if, if where we're at, however many years down the line, if we're able to pick this back up, I'd be down for it. I just have to, I think things like that have to be aligned where, my dream is I would have an editor rather than right. having to do it every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she's been, I say that bitterly, bitterly in the sense of like, it's been worth the time I put in. It's just, Oh yeah, totally. But it is time uh, consuming and you have like, you know, and at this moment it would be overwhelming to do that with our like current jobs and with, you know, with everything that's going on. I think that's yeah. the timing of it kind of works out in a way that's like, okay, we should take a break and then, you know, We'll see the, what happens. The option to come back do, doesn't go away. We yeah, exactly. Just this is an official like end for the time being. Yeah, it's a permanent end that you know we'll see. We can always we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um. What was I about? To, I had one more thought. Can you still listen to the old episodes? You should. They should always be up. Great. You can go back and listen. New listeners can come to it. You can still share it with your friends. I love that you asked for a boom review on our final episode. Too. I'm not giving up on that because <laughs> I will say this. If you guys send an email to our email thread, even when we're done, I will, I'll, I'll give you this. I will share, I will forward it to Kate. Yeah, I definitely would still read it. I will forward you to, it to Kate so she can read it. 
and then share a response to back with me, and then I will share our follow-ups to your emails. Hell yeah. I don't know if those will happen, but if they do, I'll definitely, you'll hear from us via Yeah, email we back. won't like totally ghost and go away. Yeah, we're not yeah. doing that, because emails, that's easier than everything yeah. week to week. Right. Um, you can still talk about Hellboy. Or if yeah. you guys see something and you're like excited, like hit me up on Instagram and say like, hey, look at this. Hey, look at this. We love this. Yeah, the Instagram <laughs> yeah. will still exist and sit there. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm just going to, I don't know. I'll miss it. But I, I, I just think it unfortunately just feels like the right time to make, to do this. Yeah. Um, that being said, me and Kate, I, I know I'm just putting this on the record. We have been in the works with juggling our lives with the show. We want to really try to create at least one issue of our own self-made comic book. Which Dave I, already wrote and <laughs> did like a lot of good work for it. It's fucking really you. cool. And now it, now it's my turn to draw it. Yeah. But then there'll be a lot of work in addition for both of us to make yeah. that happen. At least yeah. we want to see if we could do it. And I think by this ending it will we'll, we'll be able to put the time we love doing this and again i learned so much about just story pay, storytelling yeah. and storytelling on the page by doing this podcast it's Absolutely, been priceless yeah. you kind of see what works and what doesn't like i feel like we paid such close attention to it looking at it as thoroughly as we did on the podcast and yeah it you can't help but learn a little something from it yeah exactly yeah and in addition to th- like we are thanking James again for doing the the logo that is wonderful for yeah, our I podcast. Love it. I love it. It's, yeah, it's and I the love theme it. song. I fucking love our theme. song. That's what I was gonna say too. The theme song. I would love to thank Taylor Williams, um, Jeff Anderson, and Andy Patterson who created that theme song for us. Hell yeah! That's Taylor Williams' vocals singing "Aw Crap" it's great. Boy podcast. It's truly what I I remember when we when I sent that to you. I was playing it in the car. <laughs> it sounds great. I, I really I love it. It's such a great mix. Yeah. And again, thank you, Taylor, for letting his son come on a, a couple yeah. years back to voice for us a little young Hellboy when we read Pancakes. Pancakes. That was the cutest in the world. <laughs> I don't know. There's so much greatness that came out of this. It's just a natural end at this point for us. So we'll miss all of you guys. Yeah. Uh, but again, I'm just going to say it again. Please feel free to email us. Any thoughts? If you're new to the podcast, even while it's down, we'll we'll respond to your emails. Yeah. Um, And thank you all who got the mailings that we sent you of like the cool printouts. Oh, yeah, and tagging t- us and stuff. Special another thank you is to Scott Stanley for doing that artwork that we sent to you. That's our uh, you can follow him online, Scott. Um, if I probably tagged him, but he's a great artist and friend of mine from Utah. Yeah. You'll get to meet him as well this later this month. Kate. Awesome. Um, he did great Hellboy art for us that we get to share with all of our listeners that got their little packages, as well as Clay Larson who took photos for us, um, and then created that art of uh, both of us. I mean, that's one of my favorite joys I to love have it. with you. It's I can't so wait great. to frame frame it. Hell yeah. There's so many people that made this show awesome and were very generous with their time and made it one of the highlights of life, Kate. Yeah. Your friendship being at the top of that. Yes, so, yeah, me too. So bittersweet goodbye, Right back listeners. at you, Dave. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, bittersweet listeners, we will miss you. Um, I don't know. This will be the last time you, we get to say it, but um, and I might get a little teary-eyed. Aww. Right <laughs> <laughs> I, I love you so much, Dave. Oh my god. <laughs> I love you, kid. <laughs> um, 
I'm glad Beth's not here for this because she'd make. Fun I was of gonna you. say, is she like gonna come? She would make fun of me like in a bad way. She just my, my of wife course. can jab me in the perfect way to make me laugh. <laughs> but um, it's been wonderful, Kate. I mean, we're gonna continue to hang out, of course. But, yeah, like, of course. Show, we're not like going away, floating yeah. away on a on a iceberg. But it's bittersweet to say. Yeah. Thank you for listening, and remember, we love you. <laughs> yeah, oh, Dave. You're going to make me cry too. Oh my god. All right, I'm going to Are you recording. kidding me, dude? I I cry like every day. Hey, do you like comic books? Do you like brothers? Do you like brothers talking about comic books? You do. Okay, then, listen to this ad. My name's Will Hines. And I'm Kevin Hines. We are brothers as well as comedians. As well as huge fans of comic books. Like the Fantastic Four, which we are talking about a lot right now in our podcast, which is called... Screw it, we're just going to talk about comics. From Campfire Media, available from now until the end of time. (laughs) Screw it, screw it, we're just going to talk about comics. Campfire.